This is a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Trenton, Michigan, a gospel-centered community seeking to glorify God by making, maturing, and multiplying disciples. For more information, check out fpchurch.tv. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. As he, Jesus, said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the woman that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Good morning, First Pres. Um, as we come to our text, I, I lead with this question. And the question is this, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Specifically, I think about that in light as a father. What does it mean to bless my children? What does it mean to bless those that I have been given the responsibility to raise? I know my mother, my mother-in-law, often think of ways to bless their grandkids, to pour into them. Some might say that's just it, Aaron, family. Family is what it is to have true blessing. In our text, it appears that is what is shouted out from the woman in the crowd that Ian mentioned. As good as parents may be or grandparents in providing love and care, and I believe they're an important gift from God, they're not the greatest gift. And you say, what? What is? Well, Jesus answers that by saying that ultimately the Word of God is the greatest gift. I want you to think about that for a moment as you think about the influence you have upon the families in which we are a part, the roles and responsibilities we have in being a blessing to those families that ultimately it's not the material possessions we share. And as great as the hugs and the love is that we offer to our families, the greatest and most ultimate blessing we can give is the eternal Word of God. That challenges all of us in many ways, I believe, because it surely challenges me to think about the role and responsibility I have as a father, a husband, a brother, a son, an uncle. I serve many roles in the family in which I belong. And yet the most important role I have is to be one who shares the good news of Jesus. I'm given special opportunities to do that, especially at family funerals. Opportunities to pray at the family gatherings because I'm the pastor. And there's a sense in which it's expected of me that surely Aaron would be the one to constantly remind us of the Word of God. But it seems that that's the role that every believer plays in making sure that the Word of God is central, that the Word of God is understood to be essential in our families. It is the ultimate blessing. It has eternal value. That's what we can do in blessing those whom are placed under our care. 
And that's ultimately what Jesus is driving at in the 28th verse. That's what Jesus is pushing us toward. Jesus is saying that the ultimate blessing is really being under the word. But church, let's be honest. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that the word of God is the richest blessing we've been given? My hope is that as we wrestle through this passage that our view of the word becomes big. That our understanding of what it means to truly hear the word becomes more full. Because when Jesus says this statement in verse 28, blessed rather are those who hear the word and keep it. Jesus is saying that the ultimate blessing comes from being under his word. So let's focus for a few moments on specifically the details of this text. As you look at verse 27, it's in context to an event that happened prior. If you remember, Jesus was casting out a demon of a mute man. And from the crowd, there were those who were antagonists who said, the only reason he could do that is because he was doing it by the power of Satan. And there were others who were skeptics and said, we'll believe and trust in you if you give us yet more signs. But we're told from the text in Luke 11 that there were some that marveled. And particularly, one of those who marveled was a woman from the crowd. In Luke fashion, and if you don't know anything about Luke, he he loves to bring women front and center in the gospel and the ministry of Jesus. He does it again and again, and here in this text, he brings out the voice of a woman who cries out. Listen to the words in verse 27. Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. This woman is saying, you're blessed, and you're a blessing to others. You're a blessing specifically to your mother. Philip Ryken, one of the theologians I love to read, he, he reflects on this specific, specific statement of this woman. And he says, when she's saying this, she's kind of capturing the ancient East idea of a woman. That a woman is ultimately, she finds her greatness in bearing a famous son. In the ancient Near East, women didn't have the same freedoms that we experience here in the States today. And he's saying that ultimately when this woman's saying this is, wow, that your mom must really be blessed because you're really popular. You're really famous. And this lists and elevates her. He says that. She's saying ultimately your family's blessed to have you. Friends, camp out on what she's really saying. She's finding blessing based upon physical relationships. Identity, privilege, position. That one is blessed simply because of who they're related to. One is blessed because of who their son is and what he does for a career and and how he's known. That's how one is blessed in this woman's eyes. And yet I would draw your attention to Jesus' response. He doesn't rebuke her. He actually says, blessed rather, notice those two words, blessed rather in verse 28, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. 
And when he makes that statement, he's not rebuking the woman. He's actually saying, let me give you a more fully understanding of what it means to be blessed. Let me give you the bigger picture of the way in which one is blessed. It's not just physical relationship, but it's spiritual. But notice he never rebukes her. He never flatly says she's wrong or misled. And there's a reason for it, because you've got to go back to the birth narrative of Jesus to understand this. Remember in Luke 1, when the story is told that that Mary is going to conceive and she meets her cousin Elizabeth, listen to the words that Elizabeth says in verse 42 of Luke 1. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is important because ultimately Elizabeth is speaking out something that Scripture captures and says is important. Elizabeth is saying, Mary, your womb is blessed because of who you carry. In fact, Mary's own words in her Magnificat, which is her song of praise to the Lord, there in verse 48 of that same chapter of Luke 1, says this, For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mary's even admitting that I'm special. This is, this is a blessing that I'm carrying, the child of God. So surely, they're not wrong. Nor does Jesus correct the woman when she yells out, blessed is your mother. Jesus acknowledged there is a blessing that Mary had in being the mother of God. There's a blessing that she carried Jesus in her womb. There's a blessing that she was there raising the Savior of the world. There was a special blessing she experienced. So it's not wrong for us to assume that we can pour out physical and special blessings upon our kids and our families through physical things. We can. And we should use all of the resources we can to bless one another. But the problem is, if it stops there, if that's all we do, and let's be honest, for some of us as parents, it's a lot easier to buy our children the iPad or, 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 or the thing that'll keep them busy so they're kind of out of our hair. That's not blessing them. That's shackling them. We have to be careful with our blessings. We have to be careful with the use of our goods. And how we ultimately seek to bless those around us. Yes, they can be a blessing, but they're not the ultimate blessing. See, Jesus begins to make it more clear about what the ultimate blessing is in verse 28. When he says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Friends, unfortunately, there are many today who celebrate Mary, but they celebrate her specifically because of her physical relationship to Jesus. They worship her. We should celebrate Mary too, but in a different way. Not simply because she's physically related to Jesus, but because of her spiritual relationship to Jesus. Notice what Mary says in Luke 1, verse 38. Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She hears from God and she obeys. 
the beautiful spiritual change in Mary. Rather than reacting in fear and with questions, she reacts in obedience. She had a spiritual relationship with the Lord. One in which she trusted his word and she sought to obey it. Again, I give you her words. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Whatever it is, good, bad, whatever comes, give it to me. Because I just want to obey the Lord. When's the last time that was our attitude? When was the last time we said, Lord, whatever your word says, even if it's not convenient, may I be obedient. That was Mary. See, what Jesus was doing is he's making it clear that Mary understood the ultimate blessing that comes from hearing and obeying. It showed that it was a deeper blessing than any family relationship. It was a spiritual relationship. So church, I ask you, what are you busy blessing more of? The physical or the spiritual? What are the things that get you most excited? A raise at work? Or an understanding of a text? What gets you more excited when your child brings home an A or when your child quotes the Word of God? What do we begin to celebrate more of? What are we showing our children really matter? The physical things of this world which rust and decay and eventually be consumed and burned up? Or the spiritual things? that lasts for eternity. That's what Jesus is doing as he says, let me more fully show you what it is to be blessed. Sure, Mary had some special privilege. She was with the the Son of God all the time. But how much more blessed are those who are in the Word of God and hearing it and obeying it? What do you celebrate more, church? The physical blessings? Or the spiritual blessings? See, this is all dependent upon the fact that God gives us his word. The hearing and the obeying comes down to hearing and obeying what? God's word. God is not silent. He speaks. He speaks through his creation. All around us, we see the beauty of who God is and the power of God. And yet the world walks around blindly and covers their ears. They wish not to hear the birds sing or the thunder shake. They would rather never give opportunity to praise God. They would rather celebrate themselves. And if we're honest, that's us. We ignore God through creation, and so God speaks through special revelation. He speaks through his word. And his word is given so that we may experience and understand and receive salvation. He's not been silent. He didn't set everything in order and then walk away and say, you're on your own now, kids. See you later. He's there in the mess. He's there in the mess working out our salvation through the gift of his own son who would die in our place. This is the good news of the Bible. The Bible is the special revelation of God declaring the good news of Jesus. 
The book of Hebrews tells us so clearly. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, Long ago and in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets, but now, in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed to be the heir of all things, through whom He created the world. Jesus is the center of everything. All of the prophets look forward to Jesus. All of the apostles point back to Jesus. Jesus is the center of the word. And God's word has been protected. For we're told by Peter that no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit who was declaring them the word of God for us. God cared enough to give you his word. His special revelation, he's he's given it to you. He's provided it for you so that you would know him and know his love for you. And all through it, God speaks. But if that weren't enough, God cares about you so much that God raises up preachers. I think preaching is so silly. We, we gather here to, to, to listen to a man speak. But yet it's God's way of declaring his word to his people. You know, when I was in seminary, I, I remember learning about the importance of, of preaching. I remember my eyes just being opening to the reality that, man, do I really appreciate what God is doing in that moment when he takes someone to stand at the pulpit to preach the word of God. And as it's declared, the spirit of God comes along and moves men's hearts. It's a powerful thing. And it should be understood that God is at work. Because God cares for his people. He's delivered the word and he's delivered it with power. And just listen to what Paul writes in Romans 10 verse 14 when he says, How will then they call upon him who they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Paul later goes on in verse 17. He says, So faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Salvation is given through the word. God's special revelation is given to you so that you would know the way and the hope and the joy of deliverance. And yet people think it's foolish. But Paul writes later in 1 Corinthians, he says, For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Friends, it actually means that God uses this foolish thing of preaching to draw men to Him. Because God has a desire to build His church, to love His children, to save them from hell. Do you understand why Jesus says, Blessed more are those who hear and obey? What a beautiful thing that God would pursue us. That's what Jesus says. Friends, this preaching thing's a big deal. 
don't know if you know it, but every Sunday night, the, the, the gentlemen in seminary come forward and they preach and, and we evaluate them and we work with them through their preaching. And we do this because we understand preaching to be a big deal. Our own confessions and creeds talk about preaching and the responsibility. They actually give rules that should be upheld by the preachers. Listen to some of them. They're going to be on the screen. It says, they that are called to labor in the ministry of the word, listen to this, are to preach sound doctrine. They're to be diligent in season and out of season, meaning they're to be faithful all the time. They're to preach plainly, not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. They're to preach faithfully, making known the whole counsel of God, His love, His justice, His mercy, His wrath, His wisdom, His power. They're to preach wisely, applying themselves to the necessity and capacities of the hearers. They're to preach so people can understand. They're to preach zealously, with fervent love to God in the souls of the people. They're to preach sincerely, aiming at God's glory and the hearer's conversion, edification, and salvation. Look at the detail that goes in to the understanding of what it is to raise up preachers. Why? Because we believe God's word is to be delivered. God's word is a wonderful blessing to his people. And so therefore God has called men to preach his word. And they're to be set aside and they're to work diligently and faithfully. But it forces us to ask the question, do we take God's word seriously? Do we take preaching seriously? Do we take the communication of God's word to someone else seriously? Are we just shooting from the hip? Are we more prone to give our own opinions rather than what God's word says? If truly what Jesus says is true, that ultimately those are really blessed who hear the word of God. People want to hear God's word, not our opinions. Not our thoughts, his thoughts. Not our desires, his desires. But friends, there's not just responsibility for the preacher, there's responsibility for hearing. That's Jesus' point. And for those who take that responsibility, there is a blessing. But the problem is, we're like all of those who are surrounding Jesus, seeing his miracles, and we're rejecting Jesus. Out of the hardness of our hearts, the stiff-neckedness that we carry with us, that we are willing to resist Jesus for our own comfort. The problem is, we truly need help to hear. And that's exactly what God gives He gives us the gift of hearing. Listen to the writer of Proverbs in chapter 20, verse 12. He says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. The ability to see and hear the spiritual things of God have been a gift by God. The prophet Ezekiel, talking about the grace of God poured out upon his people, talks about it this way. He says, and I will give you a new heart, the Lord says, a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. 
The Spirit of God works in the hearts of men to soften our hearts, to unblock our ears, to unblind our eyes. That's why Jesus would say, He who has ears, let him hear. There's a blessing for hearing. There's an ultimate blessing for hearing. And we all should be busy praying for eyes to see and ears to hear. For apart from the work of God, we're miserable. We're destitute. We're dead. But it's clear throughout Scripture, hearing is not passive. We don't just simply go, well, if God wants me to hear, you'll help me hear. No, it's something we participate in. In fact, our own confession and creeds go to great detail to talk about the responsibility we have to hear. Listen to what it says in the larger catechism, question 160. This is where it comes from. It says, it is required of those that hear the word preached that they attend upon it with diligence, preparation, and prayer. You don't get to sit back and be passive. You're to be active. They're to examine what they hear by the Scriptures. They're to be Bereans jumping from one passage to another to make sure what is preached is true. They're to receive the truth with faith and love and meekness, with readiness of mind as the very Word of God. They're to meditate on it and confer it. They're to hide it in their hearts. And finally notice that they would bring forth the fruit of it in their lives. For what did James say? Be doer of the word and not a hearer only. And James goes on to describe what it is to be a hearer only. He says you're basically deceiving yourself. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at a natu- his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and then he goes away at once forgetting what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets what the doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James matches Jesus. There is blessing in hearing and doing. Friends, hearing and obeying the word marks those who truly belong to Jesus. And that's what Jesus was saying when the woman said, man, your mom must be blessed. And he says, no, you know who's really blessed? Those who hear and do. So I ask you, do you take God's word seriously? Do you take God's word seriously when you hear it? Do you sit under it with humility? Or do you sit over it in judgment? Choosing the things you agree with and choosing the things that you will select to do. See, that's a different posture, isn't it? One who sits under the word in humility versus one who sits over the word in judgment, choosing the things that apply to them. Are you a doer of the word? Are you a hearer of the word? Jesus says, if you are, it'll be humble in in humility, submitting to the word. Not because of the preacher but because of God. See, that's Jesus' point all along. The word of God is man's richest blessing because the word of God is Jesus. 
In John 1, 1, we're told, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the living Word of God. At the center of the entire Bible is Jesus. All the Old Testament looks forward to Him. All of the apostles in the New Testament look back at Him. Everyone is celebrating Jesus. Hear Jesus' own words on the matter. In Matthew 22, He says, All the law and prophets are about Me. The Word is about Me. I'm the Word. The Apostle Paul picks up on this in 2 Corinthians. He says, All the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Jesus is the center. See, the point is, we're blessed because of hearing and obeying the Word, because the Word is Jesus. So Elizabeth was right back in Luke 1. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Jesus. Blessed. Jesus is the blessing. And Jesus is a blessing for us because, well, we're not perfect. He is. Well, we fail. He doesn't. The woman in our text this morning was correct when she said Mary's blessed because of Jesus. Yes! Mary understood Jesus. She listened to what she said in her Magnificat, her song of praise. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary understood she wasn't perfect, but Jesus is. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Mary knew her need to be perfect, and she didn't meet it. And she celebrated the gift of Jesus. Mary 100% understood that Jesus was her blessing. But what about you? Do you understand that the Word teaches you you're not perfect? And it equally teaches you Jesus is. And if you're in him, you are perfect in Christ. Do you understand that the word teaches you your need for Jesus? And here's the cool part. Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, I took care of Aaron's sins on the cross. Aaron got a mulligan. Go try harder next time, Aaron. He says, no, let me give you my spirit who empowers you to now live out the word remember that prophet ezekiel do you remember what he said listen to verse 27 again he says i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules my spirit will do that in you that's that's me empowering you to live a life of gratitude not earning your place i already achieved your place but I'm empowering you to live for me because I'm your blessing. That's what Jesus says. See, the point is, all who hear and receive Jesus are blessed. We're blessed with obedience that comes by Jesus' power. We're blessed and enabled to live lives of gratitude. But the question is this, for each and every one of us, is Jesus our blessing? Is he our hope? Is he our joy? If he is, if Jesus truly is my treasure, I will want to share him with the world. I won't put him on a shelf and bring him out occasionally. I won't want to know just a little bit about him. I want to know everything about him. 
I don't want to just spend a little bit of time with him. I want to be with him intimately all the time because he's my treasure. That's what it means to be blessed by hearing and obeying. It's about guarding and trusting, holding on to, valuing the word because the word is about Jesus. Church, we have many reasons to be thankful, physical and spiritual. My prayer is that our chief understanding is that our ultimate blessing is Jesus. That we would find complete and absolute satisfaction in him. That the things of the world would grow slowly dim and fade with joy while he becomes ever more passionate in our lives. That's my prayer for First Pres. That's my prayer for your family. That's my prayer for you. That you would love Jesus over everything else. That you would truly understand how blessed you are in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we close our Bibles, Lord, and we step away from the text. But Lord, I pray that the word is hidden in our heart. I pray, God, that we would see what it truly means to be blessed. That we would stop thinking the way the world thinks about blessing, that it's physical or it's about relationships or status or prestige, but Lord, that we would see that ultimately real blessing is about being in union with Christ, being able to hear the word of God and know who we are, sinners in desperate need of a Savior, and believing what the word of God says, that Jesus is our only hope, that we would be empowered by your Spirit to obey, not because we do it out of a slavish attitude of have to, but out of a joyous gratitude of want to. God, I pray that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, that as the deer pants after water, we would pant for you. Stir in our hearts Help us to see the real blessing you are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said. This has been a podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan. For more information, please visit us online at fpchurch.tv.